As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi, I'm Alex Abnos. This is World Cup Every Day for November 18th. Today, I went to the open training session for France to look for any obvious signs that their build-up to the World Cup had been a little bit bumpy. But before that, Felipe Cardenas went on a mission to find out what the deal really is with the fan accommodation at the World Cup. You might have seen some pictures go viral of, essentially, a field of shipping containers turned hotel rooms. Felipe found out where they are and went to see how bad that situation really is. Then he came back and he talked to me. You just came from uh, some of the fan accommodation uh, that is, I guess, on the outskirts of Doha or somewhere. First of all, let's start there. Where is it? Okay, so it's it's very close to the airport. All right. Uh, So where we are, I guess, are we calling this maybe like central Doha? Central-ish Doha. Central-ish Doha. Okay, we're not downtown, so we're in a bustling area of the city. And so I went about 17, a 17 minute drive towards the airport. I passed the airport and then I was dropped off uh, next to just this massive sprawling area full of trailers. So I saw the trailers. This is the image that's been like making the rounds and everything with, you know, you, <laughs> it looks it looks exactly like what it is. It's a bunch of shipping containers with doors yes. uh, in a row. And that is sort of some of the fan accommodation for this world cup because there are not enough actual hotels. Right. Uh, And so I can tell you what's in the the trailer. They were all locked. Okay. Uh, And again, just, I can't even, I can't, um, let me just reiterate how many I saw. Like just, it felt, felt like hundreds, just rows and rows and rows and rows of trailers. And they were, the rows are numbered like row a and like, a, you know, trailer one through 10 and, you know, all the way through the alphabet basically. <laughs> right. Uh, and then, so there are still workers sort of milling around, uh, installing thing. I saw a guy installing a sink like still, so that's still happening. Okay. Uh, and one of a couple of the trailers were open and I think that's where some workers may be resting during the day. And so I peeked through and I saw there are two beds, uh, a, a small, 
like desk area, very small, okay. because there's enough room for two like like seats or chairs basically. Uh, and yes, like a washing area, like a wash, like a sink, basically. I did not see a shower. There's I a shower. That's no, my next I, question. I didn't see it. You know, I can't like confirm, but like the other thing that I don't know for sure is if there's air conditioning. So I'm not <laughs> yeah. really sure. It is incredibly hot during the day. I just get, got there. It's, it's noon here in Doha and I was there around 10 AM and it was just, there's no shade. There's no shade at all. It didn't look like there was any shade. It's like in this massive. First of all, there's not there's not really much shade in Doha. Correct. To, to Correct. begin with, that's not provided by a building. So if you're not, yeah. you know, near downtown, that's crazy. So what's what's like? You're describing this, and I guess based on the photo, the photos that have been going around. I know you took some video, and what you're de- what you're describing. It sounds like almost dystopian would you say that it's that it's that way right now yes do you think that people being added to the like once people are actually there is that going to make it more or less dystopian i'm not really sure no it is very dystopian it's a great way to describe it it's like a community there's a supermarket i saw a big supermarket is that also in a shipping container no i mean uh, maybe a huge one it looked like it was just sort of like a a stand a standalone you know see like window based building was just dropped in the middle of this community. Uh, and it was also closed, but I saw, I looked, I peered through and it was stocked. You know, it's like a legitimate supermarket. I saw a Starbucks, like a star, like basically food trucks, imagine food trucks everywhere. And so there's a Starbucks food truck, uh, pizza, uh, a lot of food from here, from the region, Mediterranean, uh, Indian, uh, and you know, I stopped by and had coffee cause there were, there are employees at most of these, uh, food, food truck stands. Yeah. And I spoke to, uh, an employee at one, uh, at a local coffee shop, not Starbucks. <laughs> and <laughs> it's okay if you go to Starbucks, yeah, no, you no, gotta, no. There you was no one, take what you can. There was no one at Starbucks. <laughs> okay. I actually chose a nice place here. Like I just ran because there were two employees outside. So I, I started to talk to them. Uh, and, and this woman, she's from Nepal. Yeah. She's lived in Qatar for 11 years, she told me. She's a mother of one child, five-year-old. And she said that, first of all, she her English was very good. And I yeah. asked her, like, your English is very good. How did you learn English? She said, from watching movies. It's very classic, right? She said, oh, watching yeah. movies and talking to visitors. And so she understood me clearly. Uh, she, and I asked her, have you seen people here? And she said yes, but I don't think she was sure if they were fans or perhaps uh, officials or employees of other places, but she's been serving people throughout, you know, the, the few months she's been here. Um, the coffee was very good. It was a Brazilian bean, by the way. Good. Uh, and you know, she told me that living in Qatar is very, or in Qatar is very expensive, Mm -hmm. um, especially if with a family, but she seemed very excited about the prospect of seeing this community sort of filling up with people like they don't see it as this is going to be chaos it's like i'm here this is going to be fine yeah uh it's an opportunity so that'll be interesting once it starts filling out that's crazy um anything else like what else what else did you see there is there anything that we're missing yeah anything that that you think those photos like don't really capture about the place so so two important things um first of all there are two huge like fan fest areas right okay so like 
giant screen. And when I was there, this is at this is at this the village. Is at the, yeah, okay. at the village. Again, this is huge. Okay, there <laughs> there is this just massive fan fest area with pretty comfortable beanbags, like okay. hundreds of them, like spread out, uh, and some different seating areas. There's a big screen, and when I was there, there was there I heard uh, like. Arabic music playing around and I looked on the screen and it was basically like military propaganda of uh, and it was just like images of soldiers uh huh you know like unlike unlike the, the fan fest screen yes. like the big screen that they'll have like yes. games on right okay so that was playing while I was there and I kept walking and I stumbled upon another uh fan fest area just as big just massive another big screen uh, and then when I was at that coffee shop, I saw another reporter and he, he stepped up and I said, Hey, like, and we introduced ourselves. He was a Dutch reporter. Okay. And he, he asked me like, what are you doing here? And I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and basically, you know, he told me, he's like, I was here in October and there was nothing. And he wrote a story about it. Like we exchanged information. We're going to, you know, I think he's going to send me some photos and the link to his story. Yeah. But he was like, there's nothing here. Like he was, he was very impressed with what he saw today. Yeah, I mean, it feels like so much of, we've talked about it so many times, like so much of what we're experiencing on an everyday basis is just so new and still being built and still being finished and just straight up was not here uh, even a year or two ago. No, and it's very, it, where this place is, where this community is, mm -hmm. it's very, it's industrial, it's dusty, there's construction happening like all around it, uh, and it's... Again, it doesn't look comfortable, but it doesn't look like this is just this horrendous situation. I, I mean, again, noting that I don't know if there's a air conditioning. Yeah. I don't know if there's what the facilities are. Are there are there working bathrooms? Bathrooms is the you know going to be the real trick. <laughs> the, the fact that just the heat during the day is so 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 tremendous, and there, you know, I saw mini pitches, like a couple of soccer pitches, mm. uh, basketball courts, volleyball. It's all turf, like artificial turf that they've laid out, like carpeting, basically. Yeah. Um, but again, from the outside, it's like okay, perhaps not as bad as I thought, but we don't know until hundreds and hundreds of people show up. Well, we'll have to send you back there once the hundreds and hundreds of people show up, and maybe, maybe it'll be fine. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Thanks, Felipe. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. 
tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, we're back out. It's day... Uh, day three, I think. I'm losing track of days here. Uh, you know, yesterday was sort of like a recreation. Uh, we spent a lot of time in Sukhwakif, and which is kind of like a recreation of an actual historic market that was uh, in Doha. Uh, I'm currently in a different part of town that's just next to the Sukhwakif, which could not possibly be more different. Um, it's called the Mishweb, I think. That's how it's pronounced. Maybe I got that wrong. Um, it could not be more modern. It's just like I'm looking, I'm walking the, the, down this like brick pedestrian way. There are tracks running through the middle of it where a very modern looking streetcar goes by every so often. I don't think it goes very many places, but it's definitely here. Anyway, uh, I'm down here, first of all, just to wander around a little bit, but also um, to get some food, and also because it's near the metro station, I'm going to need to go to the open training and press conference for France, who you might have heard are the defending champions of this World Cup. They've had an interesting lead up to the tournament, to say the least. Basically, the heart of the midfield is, is injured in N'Golo Kante and Paul Pogba. And one of the injury replacements they called up is actually a winger, Christopher Mkuku, also had to withdraw because of an injury he suffered in training. Video emerged of the incident in training that led to that injury. France has some problems. They've also got a bunch of injuries on the back line. Their top two center backs are likely out of the tournament. Adrian Rabio is probably going to start in central midfield for them. There's just a lot going on for them. Not the most ideal buildup that they would want. This is a team that has a history of imploding just as often as they are amazing and do things like win the World Cup. I think they're super interesting. And even though, much to my wife's chagrin, she's a French teacher, I don't speak any French. I'm going to do the best I can, try to get the lay of the land in French uh, camp. The French camp, I should say. And see what they're up to. Um, but obviously we know that it's a tough game to play. It's a, it's a tough team, like they, um, they defend really well and they play with... Uh, with a lot of aggressivity and generosity uh, and they have um, talented players so a lot of players play in Europe so we've seen that the first game in 2018 was very difficult to win and uh, we just uh, we've, we've done it at the end of the game and we feel like relief after that so it means uh, there is no easy game and uh, uh, we really respect respect this team, and um, and uh, we know how important it is to to start well the competition. So we will do our best. Uh, we will try to play our best football. Yeah. Okay. The press conference just finished with 
Orléans Chouemeni and Olivier Giroux and Didier Deschamps. Everybody seems to have a pretty positive outlook on things so far, but uh, the open training is about to start. Okay, the open training session for France has now concluded. The crowd is filing out. The kids are slowly leaving. The journalists are here finishing up stories or radio reports, kind of like me. <laughs> and I don't know, my overall impression from this event is that it was extremely business-like from France. As I mentioned before, they've had so many things sort of happen to them in the lead-up to this tournament, from big injuries to a last-minute injury to racist abuse that was directed on social media at Eduardo Camavinga. So part of the reason I was sent here was sort of to see if there was anything in the session that showed that this team was going through anything, was maybe reacting to the pressure, turning on each other, or the opposite, coming closer together, joking around, whatever. What I saw was basically none of that. This team arrived on the field, barely acknowledged the fans that were here to see them in this open session. They warmed up, they stretched, they played some small-sided games, they did some training routines, and they did all of it, you know, with fairly serious looks on their faces. They did all of it with a pretty high level of intensity. And then when the training session was over, they just left. I didn't see a whole lot of joking around with one another. I didn't see a whole lot of cliques forming. I didn't see a lot of the things that maybe we're used to on the U.S. beat because the, team, the U.S. national team is famously close and young and jovial. You know, I, I didn't really see any of that. Now, granted, these are more experienced players in the U.S., they've been in bigger spots for longer, they understand that the World Cup is a serious event, and they're taking it very seriously, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just think it's interesting to see up close what that actually looks like. My other impression from this is that it was extremely, extremely nice to finally hear a crowd react to soccer things, whether it be goals, or a really good move, or an especially well-hit pass. There was a crowd here that was reacting to those things on the field. It's one of the magical things about seeing games in person, seeing soccer played in person, and it's something that has not been a part of my experience here in Qatar yet. And now it is, and that has me extremely, extremely, extremely excited for the start of this World Cup this weekend. That's all from me. I'm Alex Abnos. Thank you so much again to our wonderful producer, Mike Zimmerman, for putting this and all the shows on this feed together. We'll see you tomorrow.